Hey, Bard listeners. If you live in New York City and love the public library, we need your help. This past fall, our public libraries sustained deep mid-year cuts that forced an end of seven-day service and reduction of our materials and programs. We're now facing more budget cuts for the coming fiscal year. Libraries across the city stand to lose $58.3 million in funding. If these cuts are not reversed, we may have to reduce materials and programming yet again, including further reductions to our days of service. As many as half of all New York City libraries would be open only five days a week. The good news is you can help. Send a letter to city leaders telling them that you support the library. It's easy. It only takes 30 seconds and you can do it now. If you live in Brooklyn, go to BKLYNlibrary.org slash standup, all one word, to fill out the form. If you live in any of the other boroughs, you can send a letter on behalf of Queens Public Library or New York Public Library. Learn how at investinlibraries.org. Thank you so much for your support. Seventeen-year-old or thereabouts, William Cullen Bryant's musings on the magnificent and omnipresent nature, human mortality, and a particular view of death are contained in a meditative poem first published in 1817 under what title? Do you know this one? Uh, There's a lot of words in that question. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um... I don't know it. I always feel bad when I don't know the the literature ones, and especially the children's literature ones. Because, like, I don't even know who William Cullen Cullen Bryant is. So my ability to guess based on, like, a card on file with a bunch of works from an author is, like, it's just, I I don't have the card. So then I have to think about, like, do I know any meditative poems about magnificent and omnipresent nature? Like, I don't know that either. So – you know, you have to write something. I mean, you don't have to write something, but like I typically try and write something, but I don't, I've got nothing, nothing, no idea. Okay. Krista, I, I cannot tell you what I just heard. Can you tell me what I was just listening to? (laughs) Yeah. So that was me and a fellow BPL librarian, Bean America, who is much better at this than I am, talking through this online trivia league that we have both done for a long time called Learned League. Um, Yeah, you're going to have to further elaborate. (laughs) (laughs) So like I said, Learned League is a daily online trivia game. It's um, it's invite only right now I think over 10,000 players uh, play Um, and then every day you get these six questions and you will write an answer in a blank text field it's not multiple choice and then you will defensively score your opponent based on a review of their statistics to see how well you think they would get a math or a literature or a science question. How likely are they to get it right? You're then going to assign them a point score. Uh, And it's been around for about a decade, I think. Um, And it's always been uh, online. It's always been uh, very nerdy and very niche. I mean, honestly, it sounds like torture to me. But (laughs) did you get it right? The question about William Cullen Bryant? We did not. (laughs) The answer was Thanatopsis. So if anyone listening already knew that, you get 1,000 gold stars and you might want to check out Learned League. I think I'll politely decline. Um, (laughs) But really, Krista, why do you like this game so much? (laughs) Um, I do find it fun. Even when I only get half the questions right, there is this 
it's just a type of masochistic knowledge accumulation where, you know, even when I don't know it before and I don't answer it correctly at that point, then now I've I've heard about it. So it is this really uh, trial by fire way of like accumulating very small pieces of trivia that just kind of float around like flotsam in your brain. There's also this really wonderful community you get to enter into when you start playing, you know, people who just love challenging themselves with these random questions. And there are a good number of librarians in Learned League, unsurprisingly. Librarians like Bean and myself who find this fun. I asked Bean why he likes the Trivia League and he said it's sort of like library reference work. He says it tickles the same part of his brain. Although with this it's you know rather than than using the the library or the internet to find that answer it's it's sort of plumbing that in your own brain. Um, You know that sort of taking apart the question and figuring out what it's really asking and, and then also digging into your brain to sort of find it. You know, my go-to instinct is to just look it up, but I guess I should have known that some librarians are into secret and obscure trivia groups. So, listeners, we're going to ring in the new year with a lighthearted episode. Coming up, two more stories about the secret lives of librarians. I'm Adra Aduse. And I'm Krista Corbett-Kavoris. You're listening to Borrowed, stories that start at the library. So a massive online trivia game is perhaps not the most unexpected pastime for a librarian, to be completely honest. No, good point. In fact, we are known for being big nerds uh, on that front. But I did get to talk to another BPL librarian about her much, I think, cooler hobby. I met with Lauren Comito, the librarian at Leonard Library, who's also the chair and co-founder of the Urban Libraries Unite Advocacy Organization, at Astoria Park on a chilly Saturday afternoon. So German Longsword is a two-handed sword that is a, mine's about 51 inches long, just a bit more than four feet. Um, And you have to use basically two hands with it, and you can either cut or stab. Uh, did I hear that correctly? A German long sword? Yes, that's right. It's a uh, it's a sword. It's the exact same type of sword you're going to see in a, a Renaissance film about uh, knights fighting. And uh, when Lauren and her partner were practicing in Astoria Park, they were just moving forward and, and arcing and swinging the sword. How did Lauren get into this pastime? Well, for Lauren, this particular passion started a long time ago. I'm a librarian, so I spent my entire youth reading like Tamora Pierce books, as we all, as most of us do. Um, and I always wanted to do this. And then uh, my doctor told me that I should exercise because I was getting older. And I said, I hate exercise. Um, but this was something I'd always wanted to do. And I found it and thought, well, that sounds like exercise. That'll work, right? Um, and so I just signed up. The Venn diagram of librarians and sword people has a big overlapping middle bit. So we're basically recreating a martial art from the 13 to 1600s based on documents um, that have been left behind. Sort of every house would have like a book of all the stuff, like how to preserve food and teach people how to, like they had these books that they used to pass that information down. And one of those things was called a fecht book, which is a fight book in medieval German that you would use to teach people how to fight. 
All of the blades are blunt and flexible so that if they hit you that you don't really get hurt that bad. You just get bruised. bruised. A lot of bruises. <laughs> so many bruises. You have to control what you're doing. You can't just like wail on somebody. So if you hit somebody with the wrong or try the wrong angle, you just miss or you hit them with the, the flat of the blade and it doesn't count. Krissa, did you try out sword fighting? Uh, I am a huge chicken, and I did not. Uh, it is also, you know, these folks are trained in how to do this. They're holding this incredibly large weapon. I stayed actually pretty far away from them uh, so that I would not get in their way. Um, but there is something that I do for fun uh, these days when I'm not working or parenting, and that is birding. And it turns out a bunch of other librarians do that as well. So a few weeks ago, I went birding with Addie Smock, who's a young adult librarian at Brownsville Library. Uh, so we are walking into Prospect Park. The winter sparrows have shown up. That includes the always lovely dark-eyed juncos. Might see like a fox sparrow, which is always great. Brown creepers, which are super cute. They're right there. Yeah, he's like, leave us, leave me alone. Okay, so we're gonna walk real slowly so I can listen. See, who is that? That, that seems that's the, so obvious. That is the white-throated sparrow. Oh, that's the one that you said, okay. And he, he says, oh, sweet Canada. Oh, sweet Canada, Canada, Canada. Oh, that's the short repeating notes uh -huh. at the end, yeah. It's funny how sparrows, I think that's sort of one of the things I learned at the beginning of my real birding. You know, if you're really in the morning or in the evening hearing like quite beautiful song in the city, it's probably, and I say just sparrows, I'm not trying to beat up on sparrows, but you know, we think of these as the, these little like sidewalk trash birds, you know, yeah. but they're actually making beautiful song all the time. What? If you hear that high pitch, ee, that, that's probably a kinglet. You're a librarian. Is there are there skill sets you bring to bear to both? So there's nothing that is directly related between the two, but I think a deep sense of curiosity, mm -hmm. and there's always more to learn. There is always a new bird. There is always a new program, a new database to help patrons. There's always something more around the corner, and being able to be open to that and being receptive to what's around you, I think really parallels librarianship. And so there are approximately, approximately 10,000 bird species in the world. Um, I've seen, I haven't even seen 500 species yet mm -hmm. in my entire life. And so I got a long way to go. Yeah. I will never see them all, but I can try and I can learn as much about them and their environment and what kind of trees they like and what the cycles of bugs are doing. Yeah, it is really a, an art of noticing. Yeah, that's a yeah. really great way of putting it. Yeah. I like that a lot. Now, it wouldn't be a borrowed episode without a bookmatch segment. Jazz Frederick Zulita, business and career librarian and 
honorary pandemic hobby specialist, spoke with our producer about a few hobby books to get you started in 2021. My first recommendation today is Inventive Weaving on a Little Loom by Simon Mitchell. You know, uh, as the pandemic started, uh, I think a lot of people uh, started picking up hobbies. Uh, I'm definitely one of them, but I definitely have something to confess. I, <laughs> I bought a loom. I was going to start weaving. I got all the yarn. Uh, I got as far as sanding and painting my loom before I was like, okay, that was a lot of work. But uh, Inventive Weaving on a Little Loom is such a great book. It's very non-threatening, even though it can be complicated to get started. This book is so helpful. And even though I haven't actually started weaving yet, uh, this book is definitely going to steer me on the right path. We'll have to check in with you and see how it's going. Awesome. So um, I would love to hear actually about another uh, hobby book that you have. Sure. So uh, my second recommendation today is The Honey Bee Hobbyist, The Care and Keeping of Bees by Norman Gary. And uh, it's basically about how to keep bees. uh, And they have a whole chapter on urban beekeeping. When I was in Boston, I was working at the Boston Public Library and we ended up having a beehive. Out of um, two small hives, um, we ended up having jars and jars of honey. And let me tell you how thrilling it was to be able to point out the window and show people the hives and then to bring in a jar of honey and let people try it. My third recommendation for today is The Quick Pickle Cookbook by Grace Parisi. Canning and pickling, like another big COVID hobby. I love quick pickles because I don't have to remember to do anything fancy. I don't have to, you know, worry about my fermentation and pickling gone wrong. All I have to do is pick out what kind of vegetable or even fruit uh, I'd want to pickle, mix up my ingredients, and then pop it in like a, a mason jar with a lid and then pop it into the fridge and like, a day or two later, I have awesome pickles. Nice. Yeah, you so. definitely don't want to worry about fermentation gone wrong. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> so I did actually take uh, a fermentation class and it was great, but something went horribly awry with my carrots. Um, they went fizzy and that's not good. Don't eat fizzy carrots. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> That was great. Thank you so much, Jess. I am very intrigued by this list. (laughs) You're welcome. It was really fun to make. I love all of this. Beekeeping, pickling, weaving. They're all really great hobbies and they, they have that real urban homestead feel going for them. So the rest of Jazz's list is available on our website and they've selected other books on sourdough making, Japanese braiding, woodworking, bookmaking. So many great hobbies for 2021. Bard is brought to you by Brooklyn Public Library and is hosted by me, Adra Aduse, and Krista Corbett-Kavores. You can find a transcript of this episode at our website, bkowynlibrary.org slash podcast. Tape for this episode was collected by Krista Corbett-Kavores. Borrowed is produced by Virginia Marshall and written by Virginia Marshall and Adua Aduse with help from Fritzi Bodenheimer, Jennifer Prophet, Meryl Friedman, and Robin Lester Kenton. Our music composer is Billy Libby. Borrowed will be back in two weeks. Until then, go out and find a new hobby for a brand new year.